Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Seven things you don't really need to know or probably should. I'm Kira Revan and this, this is the Sunday 7. On this week's episode of the Signal Award-winning Sunday 7, we've got interesting innovations from the Earthshot Prize. Will Gaia talks us through big tech's battle with the law. We discover how art impacts with brain and we meet the UK's loneliest sheep. But first, we celebrate the birthday of American inventor Jack Ryan. He was born on this day in 1926. He started out as a military engineer and designer, creating guided missiles for the US Navy and then switched careers to work for toy company Mattel. He was responsible for designing Hot Wheels, the chatty Kathy talking dog, and creating the joints that allowed Barbie to bend and pose. This week saw the Prince of Wales head to Singapore for the third annual Earthshot Prize. It's Prince William's landmark environmental scheme and this year the third edition is the biggest so far and he's delighted at the impact that the event is having. We've seen an incredible bunch of people come through again and I think from the first year we can quantify a bit more of the impact and in the first year alone we've managed to um, directly uh, impact positively 1.5 million people. We protected about 2.1 million hectares of ocean, upcycled 35,000 tonnes of waste, 40,000 tonnes of CO2 and we're going to do more and that's just five finalists from the first year. So really excited about this year's winners and finalists. Last year we had two companies, both have expanded by eight times and are moving into different countries. So it's all about scale now. My job is to really kind of bring the money and the capital and the private sector into the Earthshot and meet the solutions and go, come on, how can we scale, how can we do more? There are five winners of this year's prize. Nidai Pant is the co-founder and finance head of the startup called S4S Technology based in India. Their award-winning idea is a solar-powered food dryer which can dramatically cut the amount of time farmers need to dehydrate food products, reducing waste and speeding up processes in an environmentally friendly way. A solar conduction dryer can increase the shelf life of the produce by reducing the moisture content and the fruits and vegetables can be stored for 12 months. In India, we have traditionally been practicing sun drying to dry the produce, but it takes 6 to 10 days for it to dry, leading to a lot of microbial and fungal growth. Using S4S solar conduction dryer, we have now achieved this in a more efficient way. In 6 to 8 hours, we can dehydrate it rather than 6 to 10 days. And also there is a reduced microbial and fungus growth, maintaining 80 to 95% nutrition intact. U.S. finalist Connor Hartman is COO and VP of Business Development at a startup called Cirque. They're focused on a more environmentally friendly way to deal with clothing waste. Fast fashion in particular uses a blend of cotton and polyester, which up until now has been nearly impossible to recycle. There's a garbage truck of fashion waste that is dumped every second of every day. Our process, for lack of a better term, is a pressure cooker. Water under heat and pressure with some responsible chemistry. It's a very fancy Instapot. (laughs) 
These days it seems like you can hardly move for streaming services between Netflix, Apple, Amazon, Paramount and Disney+. Plus. There's a world of content out there. But now there's a new kid on the block and they've literally got an entire universe of content. That's right, NASA, the US Space Exploration Agency, has made a leap into content creation. They just launched the NASA on-demand streaming service and a companion app promising free-to-air commercial-free content. It's a new era of pioneers, star sailors, thinkers, and adventurers. Let's go. We have been given the scientific knowledge, the technical ability, and the material to pursue the exploration of the universe. There'll be live streams of launches, children's programming, original content and Spanish language content. It's all part of their mission to make space and science content accessible, discoverable and secure for the public. One of the new shows looks pretty cool. It's called High Above Down Under and it follows scientists investigating the origins of life on Earth from Australia. We're following two teams of scientists here to study a special pair of stars we can't see from most parts of the U.S. They're part of the Alpha Centauri system, the closest stars to us besides the sun. And with the help of NASA sounding rockets, they'll capture light from those stars that doesn't reach the ground and propel humanity's search for habitable worlds into the future. Yes! Follow along as I go into the outback to show you what it takes to launch a rocket and make groundbreaking scientific measurements. Still to come on the Sunday 7, could a drug help to treat alcohol abuse? And what guy gets inside the battle between the law and big tech? The hottest thing in Big Pharma right now is weight loss drugs with names like Ozempic and Wagavi lightening up social media and web searches. These drugs certainly seem to have dramatic effects on those struggling with obesity, but they're not the only type of drug available that can help those struggling with addiction. For more than 30 years, there have been drugs available to help with alcohol addiction and abuse, but they're rarely prescribed. And with an uptick in problem drinking since the pandemic, maybe it's time to reevaluate whether or not a medical solution would help those suffering from alcohol abuse disorders. American public service, PBS, took a deep dive into the whys and why nots of drug-based alcohol treatments. Dr. Sarah Wakeman, the medical director of the Substance Use Disorder Initiative at Massachusetts General Hospital Brigham, explains what the options are. We have millions of people who meet criteria for alcohol use disorder. Fewer than 8% really access treatment in a given year. And of those, less than 2% of people access treatment with medications. And there's lots of reasons for that, but it is one area of medicine that really doesn't make its way to people who need it most. So there are three FDA-approved medications available in the U.S. for treatment of alcohol use disorder. And these medicines, for the most part, work by reducing the urge to want to drink and the pleasurable feedback that you get from drinking. And so they can be really powerful and have been shown to help reduce heavy drinking days. I think many people aren't even aware that there are medications they could ask their doctor for. And you have to remember, as a society, for more than 100 years, we've really carved addiction out as something separate from the rest of our healthcare system or somehow different than the rest of medical care and medical conditions that we treat. And so there's been this idea that addiction, although we sometimes say it's an illness, many of our policies and our clinical procedures really approach it like it's an issue of morality or willpower. And so really undoing that ideology is really important to bring addiction back into the medical system, back into medical training so that doctors and nurses and other healthcare professionals feel comfortable addressing this and offer medication treatment just like they would for depression or diabetes or heart disease. Four. 
This week has seen big tech battling with regulators in courts between Apple's Irish tax problem, YouTube's new ad blocks and Google telling tales on Apple's messaging service. It's been a messy week in big tech. So there's only one thing for it. Get the Smart 7's tech guru Will Guyot on the case. Will, what's going on with big tech and the law? Well, Google's been pushing for months to get Apple to open up its iMessage on its devices. They want to make it compatible with something called RCS, or Rich Communication Services. That's a new standard that's been created to replace the standard SMS text messages. Now, of course, this new standard has been designed by Google, who've written to the European Commission, suggesting that the regulators need to step in. And being the ever-helpful tech company, Google has even enlisted many of Europe's largest telecoms businesses, who were all helping to call on the EU to make sure that Apple makes iMessage fully compatible with its rival. How kind of them. Tell me a bit more about this row between Google and Apple over messaging. So if you're wondering what the hell I'm going on about, at the moment you can send a message from an Android phone to an Apple device but they get sent as old school SMS text messages. Frankly, Apple doesn't make it easy for you to send photos or videos from an Android device and Google sees that as anti-competitive but of course it would. At the moment, it looks like this will eventually come down to whether or not iMessage is designated by the EU as a core platform service, which is all part of a new EU law. They say it's not because it's only got 45 million users in the EU, whereas WhatsApp is seen as a core service because it's got hundreds of millions of users. And this row looks like it's going to continue and neither side are going to give up. And another Alphabet company, YouTube, is facing an issue over ad blockers. Well, Alphabet's Google are attempting to stick it to Apple via European law. It looks like another of its own businesses, YouTube, might be doing some illegal stuff itself. And this is all to do with its ad blocker detection. YouTube started rolling out ad block detection earlier this year and is now preventing some people in Europe from using YouTube if they use an ad blocker. Now, this apparently would be a breach of the EU e-privacy directive because YouTube is essentially using detection scripts to look for specific parts of a page and these scripts aren't meant to be used without express user permission. Um, There's claims like this all the time that get in front of the European courts but when you find out that this particular complaint was lodged by a privacy campaigner called Alexander Hanf who actually helped devise the EU updates to its e-privacy regulations you kind of feel this one could have some legs. And finally, why are Irish government fighting with Europe over $13 billion of Apple's money? Well, I think I'm going to need a lay down after all this confrontation. But now the European Commission wants Apple to pay Ireland 13 billion euros of back taxes. Now, this has been presented as an opinion in a forthcoming court case and is likely to be the preview of what the outcome of the world's biggest antitrust case will be. And that's likely to be decided by the middle of 2024. Now, this is despite Apple and Ireland both winning a ruling in 2020 that suggested the EU had failed to prove that any tax was owed at all. But with so much dosh at stake, the EU obviously went back for a second helping. Now at the centre of this is the suggestion that Ireland had given Apple a legal state aid. And this was some tax rulings given to Apple in 1991 and in 2007 when the iPhone was first unveiled and Apple's fortunes significantly transformed transformed. Apple has had a huge and long-lasting history in Ireland. It was its uh, first base outside of the US way back in the 70s. So obviously there's a strong connection between both Apple and the Irish state. So to come on the Sunday 7, we've got Art on the Brain and we meet Britain's loneliest sheep.
right after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. If you're one of those people who still has a homepage on your web browser, you may well interact with Microsoft News. It's kind of a throwback to the old days of the internet when Yahoo, Microsoft or AOL were the portals of choice for internet access. Nowadays, with smartphones and voice assistants, we probably use those kind of news services less and less, which is why companies like Microsoft have been cutting back on real-life journalists and using AI to generate news stories. Except, in Microsoft News' case, it's been a bit of a disaster. At one stage, they had 800 journalists working for them, but now AI does most of the work. Rin Fufer is a former editor for MSN.com, and she explains how things went wrong. It's absolutely a huge site. It's you know installed on a lot of machines that come with uh, Windows software on it, so people sometimes get that as a default as their news source. You had to be responsible in what you put on the site because so many people would read it and could be swayed by it. Uh, I was there on and off for eight years before I got laid off uh, to be replaced by AI. Did you ever think you'd have a situation where you'd be replaced by AI? No, (laughs) not in a million years. Seeing what I'm seeing here with MSN is just scary to me. Like that can translate to tangible votes. A lot of people don't dig deep and do their own homework to fact check anything or they take things at face value. There's far too much of that. And so they read this and they take it as the factual truth. One of the great pleasures of modern life is an afternoon spent wandering around an art gallery with hushed tones, marble floors and beautifully lit works of art to delight and entertain. But have you ever wondered what your brain is doing when you're looking at works of art? Well, visitors to a London gallery can find out what exactly their brain is doing while they browse artworks. All they have to do is wear an electrocephalogram headset and they can see what electrical signals their brain is generating. The project at the Courtauld Gallery was launched by Art Fund to highlight the positive impact art can have on people's emotions and director Jenny Wallman says it's been amazing to see. I think we all know that there's something that happens when we look at something that is beautiful or something that's intriguing but what this is showing is the pattern of your brain waves when uh, when you see something that intrigues or inspires or creates an emotion. Ahmed Bey is a neuroscientist at Rutgers University and he says that art can have an actual physical impact on our brains. If you find beauty in a piece of art that engages the part of your brain toward the front there uh, and that part coincides with regions that are usually targeted in sort of clinical treatments for things like depression and it's also a seat of uh, other signals for reward and pleasure and uh, the concept of the self. So lot, lots of things are happening in that area. One. 
there was good news this week for sheep fans. The world's loneliest sheep, her name is Fiona, was finally rescued after spending three years all on her own at the bottom of a cliff in the Scottish Highlands. She appears to have slipped down the cliff, ending up on a secluded beach and was destined for a lonely life until a group of local farmers got together to mount a rescue. Cammie Wilson explains how the daring mission unfolded. I would be lying if I would say we had any sort of real uh, clever plan. Graham, who's an integral part of the team, bought a couple of uh, long ropes from Tiso on the road up and we had a canvas, very strong canvas feed sack that was big enough to hold Fiona and we were able to cut a little hole so that she could get her nose out to, to breathe. And the incredible thing was she was so relaxed throughout the whole process. As we were dragging her up, she actually started nibbling at little bits of grass. She had three years worth of wool on her and that essentially meant she floated up on a cloud. She, it was like she was wrapped in a mattress. So we didn't have to worry about that side of things. And the three of us kept a hold of the bag and just navigated the bag as we went and just kept manoeuvring around rocks and bushes and trees until we eventually got safely to the top with, without a, a scratch on her. Fiona got a full health check and then had her woolly coat sheared, but seems to have suffered no health consequences for her years of isolation, according to another of her rescuers, Graham Parker. We've all been absolutely blown away by how stress-free she is, how natural she feels around us, and she feels completely comfortable. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.